0: Today, we begin my conversation with Daniel Darling, author, podcaster, and director of the Land Center for Cultural Engagement at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Daniel speaks into culture from a Christian viewpoint, and we're so glad to have him on the program today. Lose Yourself is a call to discipleship. We want people to grow in their faith and in their experience, and as many times, obviously, we do that as individuals. But if we're living out the gospel, if we are letting it inform our decisions and informing our values, inevitably, it's going to come out in the public square. And so thank you for doing that, because that can be a tall order. And sometimes we're misunderstood in our efforts to
1: do that. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, we're, we're going to be formed and shaped some way. The question is: Are we going to be shaped and formed by the gospel, by the historic Christian tradition for two thousand years, or are we going to be shaped by pundits and voices, TikTok theology, talk radio? You know, I I think we really need to think through that. Faithful church attendance now is considered, you know, a couple times a month, right? I know, right? You're talking one hour of instruction. Maybe if they do a small group, two hours a week, right, uh, twice a month, so that's four hours compared to that just volumes of content we're getting everywhere else. And so I think the church has to really strategically think about catechesis, formation, all of that uh, in order to form people to live in this world.
0: You were speaking my language. My last guest, we talked about family discipleship, being able to mentor and bring along in a, in a world where, again, when you look at a typical ministry practitioner, we have two hours a month to instill values and instill Doctrine into the next generations. And it's a tough battle.
1: Yeah, it really is. And yet I think it's one that God has suited us to, to address. You know, the sermon is really important. I think preaching is is powerful, but I think we need more than that. Yes. You know, we need we need formal teaching times. I, I think of when I grew up and I grew up in the independent Baptist tradition, which I'm not anymore. I'm, I'm probably Southern Baptist and sort of broadly mere Christianity evangelical, if you will, but You know, we went to church three times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. Yes, you did. Uh, And I'm not saying we return to that. I'm not saying we return to that. I do love my Sunday evenings. However, there was far more opportunity for teaching time and instruction. And we have to be really intentional about saying, here's what the Bible says about a range of issues that you're going to face. And then helping people triage, you know, which issues are of utmost importance, which issues do we go to the math for, which issues are vital that we believe a certain way, and which issues can good Christians disagree on, right? Right. So when it comes to ethics, I think the the Christian position for 2,000 years is obviously that marriage is between a man and a woman, uh, gender and sexuality, God made male and female. Those are distinct and beautiful. Life begins at conception. But then there's a lot of other issues, you know, about, you know, what should the marginal tax rates be? How do we do health (laughs) care? You know, we should we should care about healthcare. We should care about people having access. But good people are going to disagree about the delivery system. How much should be government? How much should be private sector? So I do think we need to teach people how to triage, but also to care deeply about these things. Right. And, you know, form people to then go into the world, into the marketplace, into public service. There's been so much demonization of, you know, we don't want Christianity too tied to politics, which I agree on that. And at the same time, you know, we do need good people in the grind of politics, right? You know, in these, uh, when I go to DC, I'm amazed at the good Christians who've moved there, who said, I I really feel like this is my calling. And they're working in government agencies. They're working in think tanks, NGOs, they're working in the media. And we need more of that, uh, both at the national and the state and the local level. So how do we form people to do this kind of work in the world for the Lord?
0: Uh, to Change the World was a book that talked about, you know, one of the ways you do that is mm-hmm. Christians simply gaining their highest level of leadership influence and living their faith has through the years been incredibly powerful and effective. And I think we need more people doing that. What's inspiring to me is how younger generations seem more wanting to do that. There were seasons when it was just like, let's all go off and kind of separate and do our own thing. But there's others. We're wanting to kind of reclaim some of that ground not in a hostile or obnoxious way, Mm -hmm. but in a holistic, authentic way. They're just going to go do the job, live their faith, let it speak for itself. And just influence will happen
1: from there. Well, I agree with that. There's this conversation too, and I'm I'm about to teach in the fall. And I'm really excited about, you know, the church and the culture. And there's been attention throughout church history about how, you know, what is the church's position in the culture? There's Niebuhr's models, right. there's people interacting with Niebuhr's models. There's a spectrum, I think. And one thing I want to say is, number one, it depends on calling because everyone has a specific calling. So there's some of us that by the nature of what we do, we do need to be tuned into politics because we write on it, we comment on it, we're, we're called to that sphere where people work in this field. But there's a lot of folks who maybe don't need to be so involved. So right. <laughs> the average person, maybe you don't need to know the ups and downs of what's going on in the White House or the ups and downs of who's up and who down in terms of politics. But maybe you do need to be involved in your local community, you know, volunteering at a school or running for right. school, board, school board or things like that. So it depends on calling. But number two, the idea that we can withdraw, it's not only, I think, not a, a biblical posture per se. I don't think it's doable because no. the idea that, oh, okay, you know, I hear people say we got to stop fighting the culture wars. And there's an aspect of culture warring that is frivolous and stupid, right? Like right. dumb fights and stupid things that we should just let go. But you can't really escape the culture wars. No. A lot of them are defensive. You should care about what your kids are being taught in public schools because they're forming their, their their minds. Even if your calling is as simple as feeding the poor right. in your community, that's a culture war. You're pushing yeah. against an injustice in the culture. There's no way to live without interacting and rubbing up some way. As a believer in Christ, we shouldn't go out of our way to offend people. Uh, We should do it with kindness and gentleness. But there's going to be some points where the gospel conflicts with the prevailing culture. There's going to be friction. Jesus promised this. The disciples promised this. I don't think it's the fact that we're we're culture warring. That's the problem. I think it's just that we're not doing politics well. And and when people
0: don't know what to do, they do what they know. And so they get strident, they get frustrated, and they say things that they ought not. And I think there's a lot of times people wish they could have that back. But what happens is we've got to make sure that we can give reasoned and godly responses to cultural events. The gospel in its nature is offensive. And there's times that you will kindly and compassionately communicate simply what the Bible says, and someone's not going to appreciate that. But that does not necessarily mean that we have to retreat per se. Like when people say, "Well, where was the church during this, you know, period of church history?" I like to sometimes say, "Monasteries—they were off the grid, and and, I, yeah. and we missed opportunities to to it, do it, that." It, Go it, ahead.
1: Yeah, and there is a place for quiet contemplation. There's a quiet right. for re- place for retreat. Jesus retreated, even though the, the, the crowds were pressing and the need was great. He retreated to commune with his father. I do think, you know, James saying, you know, care for widows and orphans and also be unspotted from the world is an important verse that tells us that um, we need both personal piety and public witness. And our public witness will only is, be as good as a personal piety. There's a way to To sort of use politics as a sort of a figly for our own lack of spiritual growth and our own personal piety. So that is a danger. Um, At the same time, if you tell Christians, and I I tweet this frequently and people get upset, but if you tell Christians to retreat from the culture, this is what you lose. You lose Martin Luther King, his voice on civil rights, because he applied his Christian faith to the culture. You lose... Susan B. Anthony fighting for women's suffrage, you lose William Wilberforce, you lose Diedrich Bonhoeffer, you lose Dorothy Day. The idea that Christian involvement in the culture started in the 80s with Ronald Reagan is such a historical fallacy. It drives me crazy. Christians have always where they've been pressed their faith into the world around them. They, they, They just always have. And sometimes we've done it poorly. And sometimes we've done it well. But the idea that Christians are just going to withdraw, it's, it's not possible.
0: I, it goes back to the early church. And I think so it's a part of our DNA, whether we like it or not. And so you're teaching young people at the Texas Baptist College. What are some advice that you're going to give to a young person as they're going to go out and lead? Pastors by nature, they lead other Christians. What piece of advice do you give them as they go out?
1: Well, one of the things I give them is number one, really to know what you believe and be grounded in what you believe. Number two, I I really feel strongly about this. Wherever you go, whatever God, wherever God calls you to take with you, both civility and courage. So you're going to need courage. Brilliant. You're going to need courage to, to say, speak the truth and say what you believe. Sometimes it's going to cost you, but we also need civility. You know, Peter says, have an answer for every person for the hope that lies within us. Yes but do it with gentleness and kindness. And here's Peter saying you can do both. Now, sometimes I'll hear people say, yeah, but you know, the whole idea of being winsome and kind, well, we're in a different world right now. I don't know. Are we in a different world than the, than Peter was in the first century where, where, no. where Christians were about to get fed to the lions where Peter was crucified upside down. Are we telling the apostle? Yeah. The kindness thing at work back then, it doesn't work now. I don't think so. <laughs> Me on Facebook with an all caps post about the president, I'm not being more courageous than the apostles. You know what I mean? No, so you're I, not. I do think both of those things matter. And really, our personal f- spiritual disciplines are so important, especially when you're getting in, into public work. If your gifting gets ahead of your character, you really get in trouble.
0: That's incredible. I think that, again, civility and courage, thats you can put that on a wall right here. That's a that's a great banner because uh, we, it helps us balance how we integrate with culture. So again, with lose yourself, discipleship should lead to influence in the culture, which then once we encounter some of that, leads back to discipleship, <laughs> which leads, I see it as kind of a, a relationship. We need to always be in the word. We're always going to encounter things that are going to be difficult that we don't always have the answers to. And so even then, instead of becoming frustrated, being more and more inclined to do our work, do our study, have our quiet times, be ready emotionally and spiritually to have those kind of conversations in a godly way. And it kind of, the one feeds the other.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I think, I also just think we need a sense of hope. Right. There's so much, there's too much cynicism. I'm, I'm wrapping up edits on a manuscript on Christian unity that's coming out next, next year. And one of the chapters is on cynicism and cynicism is such a, It's like a cottage industry right now to be right about the church, the state of the church. And the truth is two things I would tell Christians is uh, God has made us for this moment. Right. So, yes, things are scary and uncertain. There's mayhem and death and evil all around us. The headlines are bad. God has not made a mistake in calling us to this moment. And people, this is the time when people are searching and they're scared, and we have the the hope that can give them, the truth that can give them hope in Christ. And Number two, I would say, God is at work in the world today. Uh, we, we tend to think, well, that was another era, you know, uh, the church is so this or so that, and man, look around and see God at work in the world. See him at work in our communities, see him at work around the world. Let's not be people of cynicism, we should be people of joy.
0: I love that Joy over cynicism. Well, friend, that's a great word for us on cultural engagement. Thank you for joining us today. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of Lose Yourself. We want to thank Dan Darling for taking the time to speak to us today. For more information about Dan Darling, you can find him at danieldarling.com or on Twitter at Dan Darling. Be sure to check out his series, The Characters of Creation, The Characters of Christmas, and the characters of Easter, in addition to his other books, on Amazon and other book retailers. Finally, you can check out Dan on his own podcast, The Way Home, that you can find on Apple and other podcast platforms. Thank you again for joining us today, and we'll see you on the next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose
1: Yourself is a production of Key Radio.